finding that, go to the book of Revelation, which is the very last book in the Bible, and just start turning backwards a few pages, and you will come to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 5. Very happy to have each and every one of you here this morning, and we want to continue to worship and praise the name of the Lord. 1 Peter, chapter 5. I'm reading verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'd like to minister for a little while this morning on Jesus cares for you. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The psalmist David lifted up his voice one day, and it's recorded, and he said that no man cared for my soul. Your soul is your life. When your soul leaves your body, then your life on this earth is over. And I want you to understand that the Bible teaches very plainly that God is a spirit and that he looked upon everything down here and he knew everybody who would be born as well as those that already were. And he loved each and every one of us. The real good news is that in loving us and caring about us, that it didn't matter at that moment of his planning for what he would do about it, that he did not consider that we had done it wrong and said it wrong and thought it wrong and acted wrong, that we were sinners, he knew. And he knew that as sinners we had need of his great salvation. He realized that there was nobody to care about us, nobody to help us. He realized that this planet and all of the countries, 
all of the peoples of the countries were lost and uncared for, that we were subject to the spirit of this world, being Satan, that Satan, having been cast out of heaven and coming down to planet Earth, that the Bible teaches that it is written, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. Woe being, look out, you got a problem. And here he comes, Satan. Jesus made the statement, he beheld him, Satan, fall like lightning from heaven. Coming down to planet earth and beginning to immediately cause problems as he began to use the subtle beast of the field, the serpent, and he projected his voice through him and began to entice Eve to partake of what God expressly had forbidden. Now, whatever God says, the enemy is going to rise up through something, an invention, or someone, people, and he's going to try to get you to do the wrong thing. Well, being weak like we are in this flesh, and in this flesh, the book said, dwells no good thing. The potential for sin is very much real in our flesh. And we find ourselves, because of the weakness that was there present in Eve and then Adam, that we find ourselves, all of us, concluded under sin. We're all under that umbrella of sin, all under the sentence of death that comes along with that. Nobody's going to be able to say, you know, it wasn't me. Nobody's going to be able to say, I didn't do it, or I didn't think it wrong, or I didn't act wrong, or I didn't have flesh. Everybody going to find themselves in need of being cared for, in need of help. And the Lord looking at the situation and realizing that we were no match for the enemy, that he has certain wisdom and he has certain abilities, and most especially the ability to deceive. He is a liar, and he was called by Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry the father of lies, and that he goes about this enemy, and he's looking for every one of us, and he wants to devour us. He will use many different tricks. The Bible calls it the wiles of the enemy. He also is referred to as that fox, so he's a wily fox. There is no humor to that when we refer to him, that he is truly filled with deception, and he has had many, many generations to practice on, and he has and is planning and poised to bring about the greatest deception that the world has ever known. He's going to show himself and project himself through the flesh. He will be known not just as the spirit of Antichrist that has been in this planet and the spirit of this world all of these ages but he will now show himself as that wicked one that son of perdition or injury and destruction he will show himself and pass himself off to any who will follow and believe that he is God 
and he will cause people to worship him. He will have a system in place, and it's very close. He will have it to perfection, to where the whole world will wonder after what he's doing. And they will think that it is great, and they will think that it will feed them and clothe them and make their lives happy. But the Bible teaches that when this takes place, that people are going to kick back as a world, and they're going to say peace and safety. But it will be very, very, very short-lived. And it will be a pipe dream. It will be a mirage. It will be fake, and it will be phony. And it will not stand, and it will not last. And I want you to know that God foreseen all of this. He cares for you. He didn't come in the flesh to condemn you. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh to bring you a salvation, to show you that he cared. That's why it's written that God who is a spirit so loved this world, the people of the world, every race, every nationality, every language, every dialect, every look, that he so loved the world that he would provide that flesh known as the only begotten Son, that in that flesh would dwell the fullness of his spirit, his power, and his deity, and that he so loved the world that he said that whosoever would believe in what I provide, that that person or people would not perish, but that they would have everlasting life. He brought a plan of salvation. He brought what would save you, and he did it because he cares for you. He did it because he loves you. He did it because he does not want you. Hear that word, not. He does not want you to go to that place called hell that is prepared for the devil and his angels. He didn't prepare that place for humans. He did not prepare that place for you. He prepared a place for you in the church, in the body of Christ, and that it would go beyond that, that it would reach to heaven itself. Had one man to take a nap and showed him in his dream that there was a ladder that went from earth to glory and that there would be angels going up and down that ladder providing divine help, that God has provided help for those he cares for. He wants you to go from earth to heaven. I didn't read about a ladder from earth to hell. I didn't read that God wanted people to perish, but that he wanted them to be saved. That's what I read. He came in the flesh because he wanted to save you. He wanted to deliver you. He wanted to express and demonstrate his care of you. He cares for you. He's concerned about you this morning. He sees the conditions of this world, and he knows what the enemy has in store for you. And it's not good. But God, a good God, has good things in store for you. The Bible teaches that when he, Jesus, came in the flesh, when he came in the flesh and he went about doing good, he wasn't smacking people down because they'd done it wrong and said it wrong and thought it wrong and acted wrong. But instead, he went to them 
and brought to them the words of truth, the teaching. One man said, We know that thou art a teacher come from the Spirit. He came to teach people. He wanted to show them the right way. He wanted to show them that they could get up that ladder from earth to glory, that it was for everybody, that the Spirit of the Lord wasn't looking at just a select group and saying you're the only ones going to be allowed in. No. He wants everybody from every country, every island, every continent, every nationality, and every language. He wants people. Every skin color. He wants everybody. He wants people to come and come into the body of Christ. He doesn't, you know, I, I watch people, and uh, very often people want to use the word racism. They want to use about being a bigot or having bigotry. But I want to tell you, that's not just one color is that way. People are that way. And people, everybody needs a change of nature a change of attitude. People need to realize that God so loved the world, not just one group of people, but he loves everybody. He cares about everybody. And the church that Jesus, during the days of his flesh, that Jesus introduced that church, he said it's going to be built upon the rock. And he said the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. My word, he said, is forever settled in heaven. Racism is not going to win. Bigotry is not going to win. Prejudice is not going to win. These are spirits that come from the enemy of the souls of men. These spirits will not win. Jesus Christ and his church are going to be victorious because he cares for you. He made a way for you to be a part of the victory. The victory worship, the victory song, the victory dance, the victorious overcoming life, both here and in the world to come. doesn't matter what the beast will do. The system of the Antichrist doesn't matter because there's going to be a church. Many people would argue that the church will not be here. Well, I've heard people argue that for all of my coming up 40 years in the church. And the years just keep coming right up on the odometer. And the, and the events of this world keep fulfilling the scriptures. And there is going to be a church, a people that are the saints of God that the enemy is going to make war against. He's coming after the church. He's not wanting people that worship God in spirit and in truth. He doesn't want people who God cares for and they cast all their care upon God. He doesn't want people to be dependent on God. He doesn't want people to pray to God. He doesn't want people to look to the Lord for the answer, the direction, and the guidance. The enemy wants to stomp that out but he will never stop that out the only out is going to be the first resurrection when Jesus Christ catches his church out of here and what a dark world it will be then just like walking into a room and their only light is the candle and somebody comes in and takes the candle and walks out of the room that's what it will be like when the Lord takes the church out of here there will be no light. People will be left in spiritual darkness to face the wrath of God. The church is not appointed to the wrath of God. That's what your Bible said. We are not appointed unto wrath. God will protect us in every way, shape, and form. 
and he will catch us up to him at that moment, that twinkling of an eye, when he shall descend with the voice and the trump and the glory and the power and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain, we which are here on earth at that time and who are living for him, praising him, worshiping him, baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ and praying for people to get the gift of the Holy Ghost and giving them the light in their heart and setting them on the rock, making them a part of the body of Christ, them that have drank of the same spirit, the one spirit that places people from everywhere into the one body, which is the church, people that will be built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone people that are going to come out of darkness people that are going to come out of tribulation great tribulation they're going to come out of persecution they're going to come out of all kinds of things God's going to pull them out and put them in the church it's going to be people that listen to the voice and the message of God in spite of what the enemy does Jesus in the days of his earthly ministry went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And in so doing, he was teaching and instructing and being an example. He himself submitted to water baptism, showing you it is very essential that you must be born again of water. And when you come up out of the waters of baptism, that's when you're born again of water. And then Jesus gave us an example as the heavens were opened over him. As he came straightway up out of the water, the heavens were opened over him, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descended and gave a sign showing you are to be born again of the Spirit. This is your way into the body of Christ, God-given. Jesus went about the earthly ministry and the time came where he said they're going to take me wicked hands and they're going to crucify me and I'm going to give my life. Nobody's going to take it from me. I'm going to give my life on that cross. I'm going to do this willingly in spite of my flesh that I have to contend with just like you have to contend with that I have been a partaker here of this flesh and of the passions that you go through and that I'll see to it that you're not tempted above measure. I'll see to it that you're not tempted in any way and I haven't been tempted I've been tempted at all points Jesus said yet I have not sinned who convinceth him of sin nobody he was the spotless lamb of the spirit he did the job he said let the cup pass but nevertheless I'll drink it I'll go give my life on that cross and I will shed my blood to bring the plan of salvation to those that I care for he careth for you. He cares for you. Jesus cares about you. You don't have to feel abandoned. You don't have to feel that you have no one or nothing. You do not have to feel that you have no resort, no place to go, nothing to turn to. You only have to turn to Him. You turn to Him by chapter and verse, and that is what we preach to you here. We have no commentary for you. We have no thoughts of man and ideas of people. We have uh, no, no traditions to give to you. We're giving you the word of the Lord. If there was going to be a tradition we would hold to, it would have to be the tradition of those that are named in the book, men and women, boys and girls, that got this experience and lived for God. 
their fixed solid beliefs that became, if you please, a traditional thing, something they held to every day and every generation. It's not a tradition of the world. It's not tradition of a man or somebody. It is what God placed in the church. We're going to stay with the book. I'm glad there's some things that the church does not do, and the reason they don't do it is because we don't believe in it, because it's not in the book. So therefore, we don't believe in it. But guess what? What's in the book? Oh, that's what we believe. We believe chapter and verse, subject matter. We believe thus saith the Lord, and we're not throwing those things out. We're keeping those things. We're holding on to those things. We're going to try by the grace of God to continue in the chapter and the verse and the things of God. We don't want to do it like the world because that's the spirit of Antichrist. We don't want to follow their spirit and cast aside the things of God, but we do want to be sure that we build things on the chapter and verse and on the things of God and do the things that are godly and righteous and right and the things that are going to bring us to that place called heaven. And he, because he cares for you, he wants you to go to heaven. He wants you to be there with him. He wants you to rise to meet him, not in some kind of fairy tale, not in some kind of accident, not because you got you died and somebody had a funeral for you and just said all kinds of flowery things and it didn't have a thing to do with reality. No, we're talking about you having the goods, you having the experience, you meaning the experience of being born again, meaning the experience of the salvation that God giveth, because salvation belongeth unto the Lord, the scripture said, but he wants to give. He's not a stingy God. He made a way for you to have the salvation and it doesn't cost you and cents. It costs you your faith because you got to start believing what he's saying. It's not enough to say I believe and go some other way. you got to follow through saying I believe and you're believing what? You're believing what he's saying. That's what. When Jesus gave his life on the cross and was buried and then rose again on the third day and he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs. And then the Bible teaches that there came that day, a feast day of harvest, that uh, Jesus poured out his spirit. And for the first time, for whosoever will, that everybody could come from everywhere and that they could have this great experience. The scripture teaches that Jesus poured out his spirit in Acts chapter 2 for the first time, as I said, for whosoever will. And the Bible teaches they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all began to speak in other languages or tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to do so. Such a beautiful experience that filled them, infused them with power and with joy. The power was over all the power of the enemy. That they could then tread upon scorpions and serpents. And nothing would by any means hurt them or harm them. Because they would have the great power of God in their lives. That sin would no longer reign or rule in their flesh. In their, it would become dormant. That account would be closed. That flesh would be shut down. And now we are alive in Christ. Now we're not subject to the nature of the flesh. We now have the nature of Jesus Christ. The reason being because when Jesus raised up that church on the first day, when he birthed that church, they stood forth. Peter did. And Jesus Christ gave him the words to preach on that first day. And the people hearing the sermon, then they, they cried out and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That means tell us what to do. Now there's your cue. You know, there's no missing. You got the cue card is up. It, your turn, Peter. 
Your turn. Peter, hello, Peter. It's your turn to speak. I don't think Peter needed a cue card. I think he was ready to roll. He just got done preaching a sermon, brought them right to it, and they said, tell us what to do. And then Peter said unto them, repent. Everybody said repent. And be baptized. Everybody said be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins. And I shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's give God a big hand. And that's what Peter told him. He said, you shall. And that becomes I shall. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he, he urged them and he exhorted them. And he told them the promises unto you and to your children and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And believe me, he's calling. He's calling. How about you? He wants you to call on his name. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he cares for you. Don't ignore the fact that he's reaching for you and he cares for you because nobody else cares. But he does. And he operates through his church. So his church cares. We have his mind. We have the mind of Christ. And we want you to come. We want you to bring all of your cares, all of your problems, all of your difficulties, all of your situations. We want you to come and bring that to the Lord. And you can cast all your care upon him. You can throw all your dirt down at his feet. And he's going to wash you in his name and in his, in his blood in water baptism. And all your sins are going to be forgiven, fully pardoned, and sent away and remembered no more. Isn't that wonderful? That you will not have to have the conscience of sin anymore. You won't be conscious of it. It will be wiped away. Everything you ever thought wrong, said wrong, did wrong, or acted wrong. And if an enemy tries to fly back in and bring something back, you can rebuke that now in the name of Jesus Christ because you now have that name. You have the revelation of that name. When you are baptized in that name, you have that name. When you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you now have received power over all the power of the enemy. And you can live without sin. <laughs> I told a couple of the young people the other day, I said, uh, I said, you know, I have this feeling that maybe you need to go home and get a few things that's in your room and get it and put it in the yard sale. Get rid of it. Get it out of your face. I said, just boot the devil out the door. Let's just do that. Let's just show them the door. We got an example of that. They did that in heaven. They showed him the door, and out he went. He fell like lightning. Gone. Let's show the devil the door. Jesus said the devil has nothing in me. Let's not let the enemy have anything in us. Let's not let him have any place in our heart or in our lives. We don't want the devil. He's disease. He's murder. He's stealing. He's drugs. He's alcohol. He's addictions that destroy us. He's every kind of bad thing that he's wars and rumors of wars. He's every kind of bad thing and every ill thing that's in this world. He's the one that is the author of it. He's the one that spreads it. He's the one that brings it around. He's the one that's jealous. He's the one that's full of envy. He's the one that's full of pride. He's the one that's rebellious and disobedient. He sends all these spirits out. 
He is the root cause of every problem on planet Earth. And I'm telling you what, he's going to masquerade right to the end until he is revealed. And then the Bible said, then we're going to see what's going to take place. You read your Bible and you're going to find out that there's a great eternal God that's going to stand up and he's going to stand up with weaponry and armory and he's going to fight for his people that he cares for. He's going to fight by speaking the word and he's going to absolutely put the enemy out of business. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. For the first heaven and the first earth will be passed away. The creator that created the first heaven and the first earth is going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And you got the ladder right in front of you today, and you can climb that ladder. You just simply need to get that attitude that says, tell me what to do. And the church, God through his church will tell you. And it's not difficult. The Bible teaches in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. Now, Acts is the most pivotal book in the Bible because it is where it records the birth of the church that Jesus started. And uh, you always want that. You don't want what people started. Go to encyclopedias. You can look up who started what. But you've got to go to the Bible to get the church that Jesus started. He started that church in Jerusalem. He didn't start it in Rome or anywhere else. He started his church in Jerusalem. He gave birth to that church, that body of believers, that congregation in Jerusalem. They were people who came out of darkness, great darkness, and came into marvelous light through the born-again experience. And as the church, that's the book of Acts, shows the church in action. As the church went forward, the people, that is, went forward. And they begin to talk to people and witness to people and reach into new fields and new areas and different places. And there came a time when they, they finally got the revelation. We're supposed to reach everybody. We're not supposed to look down our nose at anybody. We're not supposed to take exception with anyone. We've got to reach everybody everywhere. And, you know, people hated that so much. But, of course, people that hated that were people that didn't have this born-again experience. They just had religion. They just had religion. Religion is filled with lots of bigotry, lots of racism, lots of hatred, lots of politics, lots of bad things out there. But the church that Jesus gives birth to has the revelation that we're to reach everybody because he's not coming back until this gospel has been preached as a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. And so the church, continuing on, Jesus gave a revelation to to Peter, and it was based on chapter and verse. And Revelation always has to be ba based on chapter and verse, okay? And so, and and it's going to ring real true with other Holy Ghost-filled, baptized in Jesus' name, men and women. And so, the Bible teaches that uh, Peter got the revelation. The Lord literally smacked the snot out of him, and he smacked some of that nonsense out of him, and said, "You're not. We're not just going to one group here." We're reaching the world. We're going to everybody. And everybody said amen. And so the Bible teaches in Acts chapter 10 that Peter went to what was known as the Gentiles. That was anybody who wasn't Jewish. He went to the Gentile people. A man named Cornelius who had a background of being Italian. And getting there, this man told him, Peter, we, I got my kinfolk here. I got my family here, my kinfolk here. I've got friends and acquaintances here. And we're all here gathered together 
to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Oh, tell us what to do. And then Peter began to preach about a two- to three-minute sermon. God must like short-winded preachers. Two- to three-minute sermon. And in so preaching, the Bible teaches that he had told them that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and that he perceived, he realized, he got the revelation that the door of faith was open to all nations, to everybody. And so the Bible teaches, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 10, the Holy Ghost, verse 44, fell on all them which heard the word. Are you listening? Are you hearing? Because you can receive the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of Jesus Christ sent into your believing heart. You don't say, I believe, and then shut your mind down to chapter and verse. That's not believing. You don't say, I believe, and then go out the door and go back to the same old junkie lifestyle. That's not believing. Okay? And all them which heard the word, and all them which believed, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And he knew that, for he, he said, we heard them speak in tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to do so. They began to receive the Holy Ghost. And God came into their heart, sent His Spirit into their heart, and they began to speak out and praise and magnify Him as He gave them the ability to do it. You see, you at that point don't have to do anything except let God. You don't have to be talented. I told you the other day, somebody said they want, they're thinking maybe about making me sing. I said, you'll run everybody out of here. So I'm glad that God doesn't make me sing. Okay? I sing along, and I try to stay away from the mic a little bit when I do it. But uh, I'm well trained. But uh, what I am saying to you is that it's God's ability. You let Jesus Christ fill you with the Holy Ghost. You tell him, I want this great gift of the Holy Ghost. And when he sends his spirit into your heart, you just turn loose. You just let God have his way. And he'll take the most unruly member of your body, your tongue. He will come into your heart, your mind, which controls your tongue. And he will begin to take control. And as you give him control, he's going to take control of that most unruly member. And he's going to speak forth praises that magnify him that glorify him. And everybody said amen. And the Bible teaches that Peter looked at the church members that had come with him to preach to these Gentiles. And he said, can any man forbid water that these people here should not be baptized that have received the Holy Ghost just like we receive the Holy Ghost? And then Peter looked at those people and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. That's in your Bible. That's how the church began to reach out to the whole world. And here we are almost 2,000 years down the road, and we're preaching. The church is preaching the same message, bringing this same born-again message to people who say, tell us what to do. I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to quarrel. I'm not trying to take up for my religious tradition. I, I don't want man's ways any longer. I want God's ways. I, if it's in there, I, want, I told them on the radio this morning, I said, open your Bible to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 and read it. I told a 72-year-old man the other day trying to convince me he's, he's all right and he's saved. And I told him, I said, he said, I'm going to pray. And I said, well, when you get down to pray, open your Bible to Acts 2, 38 and ask God to reveal that truth to you. It's right there in your Bible. People are trying to claim they're believing without believing the Scripture. 
you want to believe the chapter and verse. And you want to do it because he cares for you. He cares about your soul. He cares about your circumstances. He cares about your problems. He cares about your sickness and your afflictions. He cares about the heavy load of sin in your life. He wants to help you here. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to save you. He set the tone in his earthly ministry when God was manifest or clearly shown in the flesh when he was believed on in the world and before he was caught up into glory. He told them, I came to seek and to save the lost. I'm not here for the whole or the righteous. I'm here for the sick and the unrighteous. I'm here to save people from their sin, from the grip of the enemy. One woman's head where her feet were. He laid hands on her and she straightened up her back and spine completely healed and religious people talked against it. And Jesus said, if you can get a donkey out of a ditch on the Sabbath day, why can't we take a daughter of Abraham and loose her from a spirit that she's had in her life for 18 years? Jesus comes to do good because he cares for you. And I want you to believe that. Let's lift our hearts with our hands here a moment and thank God for caring for you for allowing you to be in his house this morning to congregate together with people that believe the book and we're here we're here to worship we're here to praise we're here to baptize you and we're here to pray for you to receive the gift the free gift of the Holy Ghost all you need is to use your God given faith and believe him I believe you, therefore I repent. I believe, therefore I get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water. I believe, therefore I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to keep on believing. Have a believer's life and lifestyle. We're glad you're here this morning. With your hearts lifted, with your hands in the name of Jesus, we're praying. As she sings, Let's come and gather around. All the ladies over here. All the brethren over here, men and brothers. Come in close. Make room. Come on now. We're so glad you're here. advantage of the fact that he's Don't paid the debt of sin. Step up and claim your voucher. You want to get that taken care of in your life. And he's going to do it because he cares for you. <laughs> 